At this point, you should be on the frame with a film strip title that says Oral Hygiene. Welcome to Oral Hygiene. It is the podcast where we look at educational films, experimental caught films, interesting documentaries. This is Matt here on the other end of the iPhone. No iPad mic is Mark Malik. Hello, Mark Malik. Oh, the California champagne, Paul Masson. Oh, he's already getting uh, into the Masson. There's your visual. Wells. There's your, there's your visual. There's your visual joke for your podcast. Hello, visual, see yeah. that bottle of Palmas. Yeah, we're getting into some Orson Welles today. Uh, Future Shock, which was originally a book, which I did not bother to read. Have I read the book? I don't even know. If, I didn't uh, read it recently. I, I haven't that read way. the book, but it's easy to find interviews about the book and reviews of the book and interviews with the author of the book. But, which right. I did read some of, and there, there is a ten-year. He seems another, like a cool guy. There's a ten-year after Future Shock. He did three documentary. Uh, three of them. Okay, came. See, I didn't even know that. So he did three books. I don't know about. I don't know about the documentary, but he did three did books. Least, he did at least two and, movies. Yeah, and the the Wikipedia section of things named Future Shock is very long. <laughs> so, uh, what happens in this Future Shock? What's the point of this Future Shock? Orson Welles is here to tell you about how nothing is permanent anymore and people are shocked and freaking out can't deal with it and i guess his wife left him is that that's what, what i always assume cause, yeah because everything he says <laughs> everything he says it sounds like he had just his wife just like suddenly left him this morning nothing's permanent anymore things you thought that were stable just fall apart but um so i actually people went don't live at home i actually went so looking at yeah. wiki and he, he was married from like I think 1955 to 1985. Though he did have a running affair from 1965 to 1985, so he had two women at this point. I mean, in my head, it's always him uh, in that scene from Citizen Kane, like destroying the uh, destroying his wife's bedroom after she leaves. It's just yeah. that over and over his whole life. This this movie uh, is that. Of course, this is movie. this is you know this is not as good as Citizen Kane. But it's the I'll Citizen go ahead and go Kane of Future Shock movies. <laughs> it's the Citizen Kane of Future Shock movies. Yeah. It, you know, it's, uh, what is it, 45 minutes long? Yeah. It doesn't feel 45 minutes long. No. That's a, that's a really high compliment for, a, for an educational type uh, documentary film. I think this was like a, a, I think this was maybe a primetime network thing but you know a special presentation by whoever so like i, I don't know I, see i've been in japan too long nhk does this sort of thing like you know eight times a week but I, now that i'm saying it, it sounds weird in america <laughs> yeah we don't like education we, do, we only like to scare you all of our education is like don't do that well this does that you know it kind of it does it kind of does but it kind of doesn't i feel like it does really interview a lot of people like the, you know, the whole group marriage scenario. Everybody seems 
pretty happy in the group marriage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Orson Welles is just there to tell you that <laughs> oh, even marriage is under attack. Because I just got divorced, which he didn't. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just got yeah, served my papers. Was... What, do, what do we have here? I yeah, was, was dropped like... by Paul Masson. My notes, uh, but who's the daddy? That would be if they start having kids, that might be a bit of a conundrum. Um, it's like looking back some of my environmental education gigs, right? Temporary communes, which I just talked about in another podcast, but whatever. Uh, Tom Dip, oh, yeah, and then the gay marriage, Tom Dick and Don. Sadly, this wasn't a real thing for another 40 years, <laughs> so yeah, and genetic. Well, yeah, there's a lot to uh dissect here, but it's it's pretty interesting that temporary the, encounters on a Danish nude beach. <laughs> it's interesting how hitchhiking is presented in kind of a negative, considering like, how many people hitchhiked and got murdered in the seventies. Yeah. That and was like like a large part of many people all hitchhiking in the same spot. What's up with that? Mm, Go down the street. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I would think, <laughs> Wouldn't there be like a hitchhiker code? Like, this is my spot. You need to like go down the street a little bit. Well, okay. Let's let's get to the to the good of the film first. It does. No, I want to talk about least... hitchhiking. No, just... Okay, let's go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It does at least attempt to start to address PTSD, yeah. which is really ahead of its time. I mean, it's true that there was a lot to take in in the 70s. Things were changing pretty fast, especially compared to now where, you know, we still have Star Wars movies. Like, what's up with that? And this this movie seems okay with uh, gay marriage as as long as you don't mind Orson Welles disapproving stare while you're while you're getting married. But <laughs> I mean, he didn't even want to play Unicron. No, no, they just they gave him his own uh, another bottle at Paul Masson, I guess. He was just like, I don't know, they have me voicing some kind of monster planet. Uh, How about you go about being a monster planet? It was one of his last interviews. I think think it might have been his very last interview where he was just like, I don't know, they have me playing some kind of of ball. Uh, Yeah, I like the guy, the movie theater guy. Everyone loves X-rated films, especially with the pornographic. (laughs) That was awesome how he looked like just a carnival barker guy or something. He looked like (laughs) he had such a carnival mustache. Yeah. Oh, sorry, you were were mentioning the genetic arms race ends in the eugenic wars, I believe. Well, you know, my reaction to that was be pretty cool to uh, edit it if your kid was going to be born with like their organs on the outside or something like that. <laughs> be cool to like just go ahead. He doesn't really address how that would actually help some people. No, the whole thing it feels really editorialized. Like uh, he, he was very judgy about pacemakers and prosthetic limbs. Oh well, now one more step to an artificial man. <laughs> you know, pacemaker. Do you want you, your robot legs? And I want my if I if I need robot legs, I'm gonna get robot legs if I can get robot What if legs. you don't need them, you just want them? <laughs> you mean, want the robot to have them? No, no, uh, like how would you do that? Just, you would, just you uh, would, put them on your back? No, you'd actually have your legs replaced with like like terminator legs. Uh I know that that's somebody's jam, but I'm not really into it. Okay, just curious. But, but yeah, I'm th- that that will come eventually, but uh yeah. Not super into the whole cutting legs off part. 
and the guy yeah. doing talking about it was like the the psychobiologist i'm like i'm the psychobiologist <laughs> bitch that is a great that's what you say when you go into a party <laughs> i'm the like, psychobiologist bitch it's time for paul masson yeah. Ah. Nah, um, uh, yeah there was that and the whole thing where he he went really far when there was the uh, what CPR training dummy, and he was like, "This is the next step towards an artificial man." This training dummy. <laughs> yeah, I, I did kinda... think it was funny when they were showing, um, you know, robotics. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that part... the whole thing is uh, educational films from the United States are all about reaching. It's like, oh, but what about this? Soon we could be in hell. Then they show us like that commander data prototype. That was fun. Yeah, the arm was like, like it was there was a delay as if as if that robot was going to fight you. Oh, here I just found this note. You were mentioning the uh, having the organs outside of the body. Where my note was programming the IQ of your baby. Someone had to just be like, ha, sixty nine. No, one hundred sixty nine. No, that's not as funny. You, no, it is though, because then you can have a smart baby and you can make the hundred the sixty-nine joke. And they can it's, make the sixty-nine joke the rest of their lives. If their if their IQ is sixty-nine, they may not be able to make a joke. Well, I'm, the, the parents in this case are probably already like at that um <laughs> IQ level. So <laughs> like, like they're sixty-nine, yeah, bro. Yeah. Son, I get I yeah. passed this down to you. But yeah, that that yeah. that's some weird program. Because people would just keep choosing higher IQs until that became some weird part of problem. Again, that's how the eugenics wars happen, man. Which is uh, that's I how assume. we got Khan, dude. Exactly. Khan. Khan's a smart one. He's a sharp one. Two dimensional thinking, but uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe maybe he didn't know when to quit, but he was pretty smart. Right. <laughs> um. Oh, one thing. Uh, one of his one earlier in the film with um worse than groaning and grumping about things being knocked down and i'm like well in japan they're always knocking down and rebuilding things again if you go to the uh you know the temple that's a thousand years old that building's only probably like 50 years old yeah there is a it, it's really ironic that he was talking about like look at all these modular buildings and uh mid-century architecture is the most disrespected like uh we just had I can't can't remember the name of the architect. I think it was like Marcel Brewer or something like that. Just please don't please don't come at me, brutalist fans. But the the library in Atlanta was one of was the last project by a very famous brutalist architect, and they just put windows in it. Well, you want to um, see out? Uh, you got to see out through the brutalism. Well, this is the thing: is that it, it was sort of a desecration of the original intent, but basically public. You know, public opinion was kind of evenly split between like this is blasphemy, or this is fine, or tear the whole thing down. It's an abomination. I know in Japan they've they've long since gotten rid of the uh, Imperial Hotel, which was one of Frank Lloyd Wright's biggies. There's like, eh, knock it down. <laughs> so I I like brutalism personally, even if I can't necessarily recite the name of every brutalist architect. But you know, settle for but, five. Yeah, the kind of stuff that Wells was was shitting on is is more in danger now than what it replaced, probably. So maybe 1971 looked more like the future than 2021. 
Yeah, maybe. I mean, we do have things like Wendy's and McDonald's that are kind of look like Frank Lloyd Wright ripoffs now. Yeah, yeah, but uh, especially the modular stuff had that very futuristic look. I think, I think one of those was on the cover of a real estate album or something. Yeah, there. You know, if if someone in your neighborhood in in America like tears down a house and builds a big giant thing, it's like kind of fifty fifty that it might be a one of those things. Would you be buying the, then, four, the four track or the eight track tapes? Four track tapes. Okay. I don't know what that means. Why do you ask me that? Just when they were in the store, there was an ad that they showed for a second. It was like four track or eight track. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. eight track tapes are, are good in theory, but it's just so hard to choose. Right. Between um, eight tracks. I do want to bring up at the the end we get orson wells head superimposed on like a dna molecule that was pretty fun see i, I was talking <laughs> with the astrologer like i was missing trippy visuals they didn't like trip out on the visuals so hard whereas this gets it because they got the the digital art and uh you know orson wells head and a and a dna molecule that was cool stuff yeah the uh that was uh i didn't even realize dna was something they were really thinking about back then it's just DNA. I don't know. He said DNA was the most important, possibly the most important thing that would come about in our lifetime. And that pretty much is, if only because you can catch people murdering with it. That's pretty important. Well, you have to assume that's driven. That's saved people's lives by driving yeah. down. I mean, there's there's other stuff. stuff too, but yeah, I think I think it's more than just that. But uh, oh, here here's a very clear 1971 was actually more futuristic. Uh, supersonic transport of the future. Wait, are they showing you Concords and stuff? <laughs> yeah, Concords hashtag canceled. Exactly. So Concord, I mean, <laughs> Concord said a racist slur is out of here. Yeah, it 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 it, it was rude to a uh, flight attendant. <laughs> yeah, that like plane itself. Weird. It was, it was <laughs> like it was like Monster House or something, right? Monster Concord. It was weird seeing it after so long. Like it, it it's uh it's bent nose reminds me of like a plague like a plague mask like the, right the bird <laughs> speaking of which maybe everything in, does so he flies to france and he goes to this house do you think he's just going there because like he knows nobody's there like he's breaking in like that's what orson wells does <laughs> i think the the whole thing the vibe orson wells gave off was i'm just going to kind of riff on things that i kind of gathered from the book and you're just going to follow me and film me saying what i sort of remembered because <laughs> he of, felt very unprepared for this yeah at the end i'm like finish up worse and the people who live here are coming up the driveway right now <laughs> and you, you did you notice how he barely ever made eye contact with the camera i mean maybe that's some kind of professional thing like it's it's unprofessional look at the camera and he just can't make himself do it but it's I don't, a documentary, I don't, man. I don't watch her videos. I don't know what I'm looking at when I do these podcasts. <laughs> this thing with Zoom, yeah. it's like apparently it's an age thing too, depending on what like like teenagers will like do it a one way and you know, other people do it other ways. And you know, people that are really senile are like just assume that the person's in the room with them. Well, he had a really in all the uh, commercials he did during that period, he had a really weird way of like kind of positioning himself so he was completely sideways and then his head was tilted forward he wanted you to get his, his good sides i guess it just looks 
so weird. It just looks like he's just some kind of weird, like, cave Wells painting monster. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and he was oh, such a but... handsome cat. Him and Marlon Brando is kind of like, what? <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, can't explain it. I, I was going <laughs> to say something about mental illness, but I just don't know. Man. Okay, is that where is that sense. where Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio is heading? Is he going to be the? I mean, is he going to physically become the next Brando? I don't know. I, got, I feel like he's Tom Cruise. Keanu Reeves still like seem to almost pass off as as youngins. I mean, you can see those little you know tense lines and stuff, but uh, yeah, DiCaprio is definitely going into older man mode. He eats a few bags of a. Uh, chocolate chip cookies and downs a couple of those Paul Massange you got there and he's there I think uh, Val Kilmer may have oh definitely Kilmer no Kilmer definitely did that yeah because okay. because he was it's the the fun thing where he was in the movie with with Brando and then he sort of just took the uh, and Brando then passed the curse along and then you know if you've watched color out of space which is Richard Stanley's return from 20 years of exile. I did a whole podcast on that, man. <laughs> yeah. Did you see, have you seen any interviews with him lately? He seems like he's pretty weird. Now. <laughs> I but guess he, he was always weird. Well, I was going to say he's a director though. So it's not, it's I'm talking star power. It's like weird, but he's also a celebrity because he became famous for the documentary on Dr. Moreau. So true. Like, true. He is a, he's a, you know, if it wasn't for that documentary, I wouldn't have necessarily known that he was the guy or known what, right. what his story was. I well, just I, knew I, that... I did the podcast, I did my research and then worked it out. But I, so I didn't know watching the movie, but uh, yeah. Anyway, I hope he gets to make more of those. That was that was some cool stuff. Yeah. Well, I think I feel like he could. Um, I think he wants to make three, and I feel like that could be his apocalypse trilogy, like his, uh, like because there was so much uh, Prince of Darkness and the Thing and Mouth of Madness in that film that. He could really do his own his own thing. And those are three of probably my, I think the Apocalypse, Carpenter's Apocalypse trilogy is probably, all of those are my top 50 easily. All right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that, you know, Lovecraftian future shocker. Lovecraft gives you the future yeah. shocker. <laughs> future shocker. <laughs> Twisted future shocker. Twisted. Okay. <laughs> um, I I don't. Yeah, I don't. I think maybe celebrities doing that, whatever that was, the weird downfall thing is something that was very specific to pre-internet. And what happens now is Tom Cruise. Yeah. So, like Tom Cruise is, uh, you know, Tom Cruise may or may not be having sex with fish in bathrooms. Okay, that seemed like a good that's, moment of silence. <laughs> that's true. No, I mean, yeah, he, he may or may not. Um, How does that work? But he's, uh, I don't know, man. Just lots of blind items about it. How big are the fish? Uh, like a good size, like trout. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is, you know, allegedly. I mean, it could it could be that one person made that up and then everyone else ran with it. But you know, hey man, as long as he's not hurting the fish and the fish are into it, right? <laughs> but you know, we could we could all agree that Tom Cruise is definitely really weird and putting off like a kind of a creepy vibe, and even if he isn't outwardly, but you know, 
but you can also do things like just get personal trainers and yeah. work out super hard. Right. That of course helps. Um, I guess we're, we're leaving Orson and a, and a, and his sad tears with a pile of Paul Masson here. So. All right. Uh, uh, <laughs> don't pass, leave me. Turn off the uh, camera. I'm passing out now. <laughs> I know that that is the charm of this one. It's just such a weird Orson Welles vibe. Like it, it, you get the commercials, you know, but this is like 40 minutes of that, you know? Yeah, he's, you know, competent, but it, it does feel like he's kind of making he's making it up, even though it does have a, a basis in a very uh, beloved book. It's like he, he's, <laughs> not, he's not quite phoning in. He's just like so distracted by something else, which is why I think I always <laughs> assume like he must be getting a divorce this time, which, again, was not correct. But, uh, you know, maybe he had some emotional turmoil or maybe that's just good acting. I don't know. He wanted to really seem torn up about this whole future shock thing. I guess I guess that's what it was. But well, you can bet that someone has read the book and has been screaming at this podcast the entire time. Right. But it's a podcast. We recorded this like weeks ago, man. You can't you can't just scream at us like well, that. Well, people do scream at podcasts. They just, you know, we just can't hear them. And that's why podcasts are good. No, usually if we could hear them saying, screaming, it would be terrible. I, I found myself when someone says wrong information, like, you know, this was done by like Orson Funk, you know, I'll be like, Wells, Wells, or, or they're waiting for it. Oh, Orson, what's his name? Oh, Orson Wells, Wells, Orson, you know, that's what I use. Orson Scott Card. Yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves him you think they, yeah do you think they were friends probably not oh it's the orsons coming down the street yeah okay hey hey with the orsons do you think uh do you think he was drunk for mork and mindy i think everybody's well, no, i don't think robin williams was drunk for mork and mindy he was busy doing lines <laughs> yeah he may have been doing yeah he may have been doing something everybody else was drunk <laughs> Especially oh, uh, Jonathan, you're not thinking of Jonathan Winters, are you? Jonathan Winters? No, I don't think. Well, He's actually, a, now that you mentioned, I think it, you're thinking of Jonathan Winters. Drunk. Yeah, Jonathan Winters probably was drunk, but no, wasn't Orson Welles the voice of Orson in that show? That could be, dude. I it's I think when I last saw that show, it was like first run, man. <laughs> I thought that was part of the thing. It was like, whoa, it's Orson Welles being someone called Orson in the show. Now okay. someone else is screaming at the podcast saying you're correct wrong or you? you're incorrect. Yeah. And I and right now we just have no idea. Sorry. I, I definitely did not study Mork and Mindy for, for talking about future shock. <laughs> well, you should have. You didn't do someone screaming at you for not studying. <laughs> Why haven't you been watching Mork and Mindy? It's okay. I, when I was three years old, I loved that show. I love that show. Haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, me before. too. I feel like if you liked sci-fi, you probably liked that show. Yeah. So, back in the day there we go okay as for this podcast it's oral hygiene pod at twitter and facebook or i i, I try make some future shocking music that's at a uh, roving sage media.bandcamp.com and well i guess you're making future shocking music too hey yeah you may or may not find me at a uh, stunrunner.bandcamp.com uh, if you don't see my anything site. there then patience please things okay. are uh, under construction. Anyway, yeah, I, I I put out like almost everything I record because I'm an idiot. So you you could like you could make that your new music collection. Only listen to my music if you want. And Stun Runner when he when Mark puts something up there. 
So. Yeah, we're just our, our work ethics are just like completely opposite, and that's why we're podcasting together. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So whoever is screaming at me, uh, no, that was not Orson Welles doing the voice of Orson on Mark and Mindy. It was Ralph James. Not Rick James. No, Ralph. That would have been. They should have gotten Rick James. That would have been cool. Okay. So now we know. So yeah, that would have been awesome. Whoever's been. Please go back and listen to our plugs because you were too busy screaming the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> ah, thank you. That's so and, and now you know the true meaning of future shock. Ah, people are not ready for being able to have IMDb on their phones. Did you advance the film strip? Are you on the final page? Well done. 